want to welcome Matt, uh, Matt Mayer in studio with us this morning, president of Opportunity Ohio. Uh, Matt, thank you for letting me get that out because uh, it's uh, it, I, I'm just absolutely pissed. And I wish um, I wish I had better words. I really do. So um, as we uh, transition into something else more nationally and, and globally, we're keeping an eye on what Russia is doing. We saw this um, this. I guess, video phone call the other day between Biden and Putin. We kind of joked afterwards, like, I wonder what Putin did after this video conference call with President Biden. Um, Tough economic sanctions, okay, uh, but is is that enough? And and how involved should the U.S. really be getting in Ukraine and with Russia? Well, I mean, look, it it is now past the point where— we can do all that much other than sanctions. I mean, you know, I, I don't think it makes any sense to send American troops uh, and ex- expend treasury on behalf of Ukraine. I mean, I, you know, I we love democracy and I wish the best for the people, but we we don't need to fight a war with Russia over Ukraine. It has no national security significance to us. Um, they're not even a member of NATO. They're not a member point. of NATO. Yeah. No, and and you know, look, the, the, here's the here's the most frustrating part. And we've, we've hit this tangentially in other conversations over the last year on the program, but you know, Europe wants us to kind of step up and do all this stuff to help them against Russia. They always have, haven't they? But they're the ones who are putting pipelines in place that will make them more dependent upon Russian gas. And that's where Putin makes his money. And and what are they going to do in the middle of December, January, throw sanctions that are going to essentially cut off gas to Poland and Germany and the rest of Europe so people freeze to death. Right. And Matt, you're referring to the Nord Stream? Nord Stream 2, yeah, yeah. And, and, and which, which they caved on and which Biden caved on two months ago. And so it's one of those things where, okay, you mean the, the one leverage point you could have had is frankly gone. So I think it's a, you know, Putin's going to do what Putin wants to do at this point. And look, he gave a speech back in July. He was very clear that he sees Ukraine and by Russia as part of greater Russia, historically, they have economically, yes. yeah. and he he's never going to put himself in a position where he does not control the Black Sea access that Russia have. It's one of their only water access points, and he, there's just no way they're giving that up. And so, you know, we we could have been stronger. I think Trump had put them in the box on Nord Stream two, and and Biden caved. So it's one of those things where now what are you going to do? We Americans don't want, we're not going to fight a war over Ukraine. Matt Mayer, president of Opportunity Ohio. OpportunityOhio.org is with us in studio this morning. From what I understand, Matt, the Nord Stream 2 isn't up and running yet. Is that right? So is there still time to, to for America to do something? If, if they want to do anything, that might be the thing. We should have never given them the green light on that, Russia, right? Right. So it's completed, and now it's like essentially the regulatory process okay. of Germany. Yeah. So Germany theoretically can stop it, but again, we're in the midst of winter. Yeah, and the great words of what Game of Thrones: "Winter is coming." Winter and, is coming. Yeah. yeah, and and so it's just it's unrealistic to to think that that Germany and the rest of Europe is gonna are gonna free. Remember, this is what everybody keeps forgetting: more people freeze to death every year than die from heat. So this is a precarious time in Europe because yeah. right, gas prices are skyrocketing, hitting record numbers. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna get into a, a standoff with Putin over gas. I, I doubt it. And so right. they just want, you know, the U S to come up there and look, this is where I've said, we, we really need to do a thoughtful reset of, of our foreign policy because we've made promises that we are never going to keep. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and we need to be real because we're undermining our credibility on a daily basis by having kept made those promises 
that we're not going to keep. We're not going to defend Ukraine with military might yeah. against Russia. We are not going to go to war with China over Taiwan. Over Taiwan. I right. mean, I'm sorry. I, I love the Taiwanese people. I, I wish them the best. But we are not going to go to war over a tiny island 100 miles away from China with 24 million people in it. But manufacturing-wise, there's a lot— Semiconductor, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's that's the problem. So great. Yeah. We need to start res- start restoring that now. Agreed. I, yeah, Agreed. I've, I've said we should we should create an open-ended visa program for anybody from Taiwan that wants to, to get out of there because China has been very clear. They will not ever get rid of Taiwan. It's going to be theirs, and we are not going to fight a war over a teeny tiny island yeah. Agreed. 100 but miles off their coast. Would you agree that the U.S. is too reliant— on Absolutely. the manufacturing in Taiwan. Yeah, okay. this is where yeah. we, this is, this is all part of that post-2000, you know, once we let China into the WTO, right, uh, we, we essentially started offshoring tons and tons of our stuff, and we became overly dependent upon all these kind of sources. And again, it, it didn't take a, a, a brilliant mind to figure out that being dependent upon an island 100 miles off the coast of China probably wasn't a great idea. Yeah. Period. Right. Agreed. Whether they, they get taken over by China or not. And so and remember, they, they are they are Chinese in the sense that it was only 60 years ago. They were on mainland China, fled to Taiwan. <laughs> right. So so this wasn't is, that long ago. Yeah. This is yeah. geopolitics. Right. I mean, so so we just have to be smarter about what promises we're making in the international world. And our focus needs to be, you know, we may fight a war with China, but it better not be over Taiwan. Yeah. There are far bigger issues like them sending fentanyl across to Mexico that's in killing 100,000 Americans a year. Yeah. The, the Wuhan virus that has killed almost 800,000 Americans, which, which right, we still don't know what where that came from. But to me, it looks more and more like if it was an accidental release from the lab, it was an intentional release into the international market when they when they did not shut down air travel outside of Wuhan yeah. while they shut down the domestic travel within China from Wuhan. Matt Mayer, president of uh, Opportunity Ohio, is with us. Hey, before we get to a couple of surveys that are just out, uh, one of my favorites is the hyperpartisanship, especially with the, with the college students. Yeah, just just for those that are wondering, what, why are we talking about Ukraine and Russia and who cares? Why does it affect us? Which, by the way, good point. Those are valid questions. The uh, on Russia's side, as you've pointed out, they see Ukraine as their own. Right. They, there's there's a lot of their own blood, a lot of uh, a lot of family and generations that that live there that are part of Russia. On the other side, um, they see that as obviously NATO and, and those European countries, they see that as a threat. But back to Putin for a sec. Putin sees a little bit of a buildup with NATO and he's threatened by that. Is that right? Yeah, Am I, I understand mean, he, that right? Yeah, he does not want NATO on his doorstep and Poland's yeah. already part of NATO. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so his view is that that the West is trying to turn Ukrainians and by the Russians and the Balkan states against Russia. And, you know, he believes the greatest error that was made uh, was the collapse of the Soviet Union. He also believes that the, that the Bolsheviks were, were, were wrong in, in how they uh, allowed all of these places like Ukraine to, to essentially develop and become in, independent countries when his view where they are, they were always part of greater Russia. And so his whole right. goal is to create a greater Russia. And so that's, that's what he's going to push and push and do no differently than we would if we were in his shoes too. Sure. And if I'm not mistaken, Matt, there's still a great reliance, isn't there on these small countries with Russia? They, they still, don't they still rely on Russia? Oh, for, absolutely. Yeah, and look, let's be clear. I, I, I detest Vladimir Putin. I think the man yeah. is, is, you know, if there is evil in the world, he is among yeah. it. Right. Pretty shady guy. Uh, right. But, but 
I have no, there, there's no reason we're going to send some boys and, and girls from Westerville or Dublin or yeah. Columbus over to Ukraine to, to die in some God, God awful place uh, to, to, you know, keep a country that has no strategic value for us. And, you know, from a security standpoint, uh, free from Russia, it makes just no sense. Yeah. Matt, let's talk about this new survey that's out. Um, the survey of 850 college students nationwide that was conducted actually just what a couple of weeks ago. And explain that a little bit uh, about hyperpartisanship. Yeah, so they did this survey of college students, and they asked some questions of, you know, you know, college students who would not fill in the blank, someone who voted for the opposing presidential candidate was the question. And so the issue was would not go on a date with. Well, 71% of Democrats would not go on a date with somebody who voted for the opposite party. <laughs> Only 31% of Republicans said that. Shop or at or support a business of. 41% Democrats said they would not if it was Republican-owned. Wow. Seven, only 7% of Republicans. Be friends with, 37%. 5% of Republicans. And work for, 30%. Only 7% of Republicans. So this this is something that those of us, I, I've written about this in the past in a, in a funny way because, you know, I, having been on the dating apps, right, you saw, I, was, I was stunned so at how what's many. what's it like? It, well, what? you, you would just see, you know, if you voted for Trump, if you're conservative, swipe right. And you and like, you know, or swipe left, which is to get rid of, you know, don't don't even bother where you don't see that. Yeah. You never saw the opposite. Like if you voted for Clinton or Obama, swipe left. Like it was really only you saw it among left women for me. Right. And, and it was just one of those things where you're just like, this is absurd. Like, are they serious? Like, why would you like cut off over half the population? Because, you know, what, 63 percent of men voted for Trump. So you just got rid of a huge chunk of men. Yeah. In the dating pool. Good luck with your dating life. So this is just more <laughs> of that, right? That's yeah. one anecdote. This is now more of that hyperpartisanship that you're seeing really from the left. I mean, oh, yeah, there's a little bit of it on the right, but this is really trou- troubling because this means, and I, you know, I'm sure you've experienced that. I've lost friends oh, yeah. over the last four years who have been long-term friends, but because I supported Trump, that was like that was it. Because you from voted since. for Trump, or yeah. because I I supported the police last year. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of people unfriended me for that. I was called a racist. And this uh, is bad for America. Like this, yeah. this is creating a, a us versus them dynamic that pushes us more and more to this kind of what I've called a civic war. Yeah. And boy, if we can't pull back from that, um, and, it, and again, it's really deep on the left. It's it's going to be tough for us to to remain quote America. If that makes any sense. We ever seen it like this before? No. At, at, no. at this level? No, not at all. You know, and there was there was a writer on Salon. I've never even heard of her. She wrote this thing, and this she wrote this thing, which is about this poll where she said, you know. It isn't just about personal taste, but safety. Trump not only bragged about how he likes to grab him by the blank, but has a long track record of aggressively defending men who have been accused of sexual domestic violence, which I don't think is true. It's just common sense to refuse to be alone with men who are are fine with that attitude. Like, are you serious? Like, because I like some of his policies, you're going to say I'm like Access Hollywood? Like, <laughs> it's bizarre. It's like this crazy point of view that I don't think is based in reality, nor healthy. Right. Yeah, completely agreed. Hey, before you go, uh, because this is obviously your arena, uh, your thoughts on Bob Dole. We lost Bob Dole over the weekend. I've got about 30 seconds, but some people are saying that he he was the last of the uh, great Republicans. I disagree with that. But your thoughts? I I do, too. But but Bob Dole is a great American. And here's the coolest part about Bob Dole that I didn't know about till this week, which is, you know, he got injured in Italy. Right. And we know the injury to his hand and whatnot. I didn't realize this. There's a picture out there of Bob Dole injured in Italy, recovering with Daniel Inouye also injured in Italy, recovering. This is 1940, in the 40s, right? Right. 30 years later, both men are sitting in the U.S. Senate, one from Hawaii, one from Kansas, working together. And it's it was amazing to me that that the coincidence of these two men being injured in Italy 
who then have a picture together. I mean, right. think about the how hard that would be to kind of come up with with the millions of people that were fighting that war who then end up both becoming one of 100 senators. I, it just tells you how there's this thread of history that can weave in ways that you can't foresee. But, boy, it's pretty interesting when it comes together like that. But, but look, Bob Dole was a good man, uh, you know, who had a great sense of humor and done some great things. Uh, to, you know, was bipartisan in many ways. And, yeah, yeah. You know, he lived a long life. So, I, you know, it's not tragic. People always say no, tragic. No, but my yeah, God, no. he was old and had a great life. So I, th- I think, you know, let's, let's mourn him, uh, thank him for his service, and, you know, off he goes.